Welcome back to Everyday Disciples, the show where we strive to follow Jesus wherever we are. I'm Pastor Matthew, and thanks for joining us today on this last episode of Season 2. It's been a great journey this season, and I hope that you've been blessed and stretched by the topics we've talked about. In today's episode, we talk with Aiden Hunt about prayer, and specifically about listening to God in our prayers. It's easy to think of prayer as just a one-way communication, but we need to listen, too. Then in part two, we continue our journey through the Sermon on the Mount, and appropriately, we hear Jesus' teaching on prayer in the Lord's Prayer. There's lots of great stuff ahead, so let's go. Well, I'm joined here today with Aiden Hunt, and uh, once again, uh, pulling Aiden in for a conversation here on some spiritual practice stuff. And in our other segment today, we're talking about the Lord's Prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. We thought it'd be good to talk about prayer once again, because, you know, it's can never talk about that enough. But uh, we wanted to come at it from a different angle than just talking about prayer in general. We wanted to talk about uh, listening in prayer. Um, Aiden, when, when somebody says prayer and, and listening in prayer, maybe what's one of the first things that comes to mind for you with that? Uh, not enough of it. Is my, is my, is my first that we don't one. that we don't do enough of that. Yeah, myself included. Yeah, like, because if we if we really believe that prayer for us is a conversation with God, and conversations that are one sided never go as well as we would like. Those for are them more to. lectures, exactly. Right? Um, and if we're lecturing God, like, yes, He's listening, but we also need to remember that He has things to say to us as well. Um, and part of prayer being a conversation is that it is a two-way street, a two-way conversation. So yes, God listens to us intently and he cares for every word we say. And we should also be just as intent and listen and care for every word he says back to us as well. Yeah. It's, uh, when, when we talk about listening in prayer, uh, for some folks that might, I don't know, conjure up like uh, mystic ideas sort of, of, you know, cause we don't normally think of hearing from God in that sense. We think of, uh, I, I think for a lot of people, their prayers tend to be, and maybe I'll just talk about mine, tend to be a little more like, let me submit my wish list, um, my my list of demands, maybe depending on what my attitude is at the moment, um, but my request to God. And then I just sort of like mail it off and thanks God, take care of that for me, would you? Uh, we don't often think about how we like, actually hear from God in prayer. So when we say listening in prayer, um, are we talking about a an audible thing or are we talking about uh, something a little more mystic than that? What what? How do you explain that when, like, when you're talking to the, the youth about it? I think, so the important thing about listening in prayer is that it also kind of, like this part of prayer also includes another spiritual practice, I think, and mm. it's the practice of silence and solitude. Mm. Um when you're in any conversation, whether it's with a friend, a spouse, uh, you know, a parent, child, whatever, whoever you're talking to, if you're in a confined or at least a loud space, so say you're somewhere where there's just a lot of distraction around noisy you. coffee shop, or noisy something. coffee yeah. shop. If you're at home and the TV's on full blast, you're making dinner and somebody uses the blender. You know, I don't know. Um, but if there's other things going on around you, it's hard to listen intently to the person that you're talking to. Um, the practice of silence and solitude is quieting your surroundings, quieting your own body, kind of clearing your mind, which sounds kind of like, you know, feng shui and mystical, like sure. you said, Matthew. Um, 
But, spend, but there's some truth to that. Oh, absolutely. Right? There is 100%. I, I, I mean, this is a little bit of an aside, but like when I get, get get stressed out or I feel like my day has just been frazzled, I need to go home and straighten up the house. Yes. It doesn't even matter if the house isn't even really all that dirty or messed up. Like I need to put a few things back to where they go. I need to, you know, fold the towels and put them away. Like, okay, I feel a little bit more at peace now and my world is in order. Yeah. And the typical thought when, when you're stressed, when you're busy is I need some peace and quiet mm-hmm. and peace and quiet now means something much different than it did before the invention of the smartphone and the complete technologicalization, if that's not a word it is now, of our entire <laughs> lives. Um, because we live in a world where we are just constantly distracted and overstimulated, and everything is vying for our attention. Mm-hmm. And so silence and solitude, let's just, let's start with the first one. Silence, just embracing the quiet mm-hmm. is something that, wow, we are so bad at. Um, and it means, you know, if you want to seek silence, you have to turn off the music. You have to turn off the television. You have to turn off, dare I say, your cell phone. <gasps> yeah, I mean it. Um, mm-hmm. Generation Z person saying turn off your cell phone. <laughs> That's crazy. What's happening? Um, but honestly, it, it, it does matter. If we if we truly want to give our full undivided attention to hear God's voice, either audibly or something in our heart, like the Holy Spirit's working in us, we do need to embrace silence. We, right. we need to remember what it feels like to be bored. I don't think anybody's been bored since 2011. Mm. Oh, it's probably before that, but, but yeah. yeah, probably even before that too, because we always have something that yep. we can be doing like, Oh, I'm bored. I have a few seconds. Let me pull open Instagram. Let me see, check Facebook. Let me go onto ESPN and see what games are going. Like it, we always have so much stimulation on our hands, mm-hmm. literally on our hands mm-hmm. that we were missing out on time that we can develop a deeper intimacy with God. Um, and I think, you know, for, like for me, that, that thinking of, you know, just embracing silence, um, you know, maybe the picture that comes into my mind is, is the, like, you know, going into a, a room, shutting the door and just like sitting there. Um, you know, and that's not necessarily going for a walk and just not taking your phone, uh, you know, not putting in headphones and listening to, to music or a podcast or whatever. Although you could keep listening to this podcast, maybe that might be a good thing, but, um, <laughs> Put a little plug in there. I don't. I don't think our world needs more of our voices all the time. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yep, this is true. Um, but you know, there there are other ways to embrace that silence than to simply you know just lock yourself in the bathroom for an hour. And yeah, we, away you, from the family. Yeah, you can go full Pentecostal, do the prayer closet thing. Like that works really well for some people. Um, and I've tried it a few times, and it works sometimes and not others. Um, but yeah, whatever works for you in your season of life. I know we were just talking with it with some of the high schoolers last night. Like, how can you embrace rest? We were talking about Sabbath, and one of our high schoolers said he he just loves driving in the car either at night or on the way to school in the morning and not putting music on, just like silence in the car. And that can be really conducive to your prayer life. You can just take that time. You know you have a set amount of time because you know your commute. You know what your how long it takes for you to get to work or to the grocery store or to practice or whatever. And you know how much time you have to just set aside. You have to drive and, yes, pay attention while you're driving. But you can really use that time to talk to God um, and to even listen to him. Just say, God, I'm not going to talk. I am going – I do enough of that <laughs> with you. I'm going to listen. What is it that you have to say to me? Like – Come Holy Spirit, I welcome your your voice and your presence into wherever I am. Please, if you have a, a, something to say to me or for someone else or for myself or whatever it is you want to say, I am listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Is a very simple and honest prayer. 
Yeah. So, so silence, uh, I think, you know, the, the thing that goes with that is the solitude, um, you know, getting away, getting into, you know, that kind of quiet space and wherever that space might be, um, which then opens us up to hear from God. Um, now let's maybe think a little bit about how do we hear from God? What does that, what does that sound like? How does, how does that work that we hear from God? Yeah, I think you can, you see it or hear about it all the time where people have these very real, very tangible moments in their life where like, I heard the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And have for, you ever had that? Have you ever had one of those moments where you No, I have not. Audibly and, that, heard? and that's the thing is like, for some of us who haven't, that can make us feel kind of bad. <laughs> it can make us feel like we're inadequate. Like, oh, God hasn't spoken to me. God hasn't said anything to me. And I think that's one of the biggest obstacles for us in listening prayer is that we feel like if we haven't heard the voice of God at this point, it's probably never going to happen. So he probably doesn't speak that way. But then we hear about other times and other people where they have had that experience. Where we're like, ah, how, why isn't God not saying to me? And then we can get frustrated with God. Um, and I think audibly hearing God's voice is, a, I think it is a legitimate way that he can speak to you, but it's not going to always be the way that you expect it to be. Right. It's not going to be the big and, booming and, and voice. And he doesn't promise to do that. For no, he person. doesn't. No, it's not. You're not going to have that moment where like my first thought is, is in the lion King when Mufasa speaks loudly from the clouds to Simba, like that might not happen for you. Although God's voice sounding like James I, Earl Jones might, I would even go so far as to say that that probably won't. Pro- no, that probably, probably not. Happen it's, for, it's probably not for going to, it happened for Moses and it happened sure. for, you know, a few other people, but it's, it's a very select few. It doesn't mean you're less than them. No, um, it just means God is using you in a very different way than he used them. Um, but, and like that is one way, but it's not the only way. I think of the best way to hear, to know somebody's voice is to spend more time with them. And we have the voice of God with us and it is his word. We have the Bible. Um, Which is where he does promise to speak to us. He, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, we, you know, when we uh, read his word there, we, we hear his voice speaking to us. And, and I think like as we read something and then that like, Read it and then reflect on it in that silence, in that solitude, and you kind of mull God's word around and chew on it and reflect on it. And I think from that, then we can also then hear God applying that in our life and and speaking into the situations that we might be praying about and hearing him speak in that sense. Yeah. And any moment, like if if you spend a lot of time with another, another person, you recognize their voice. It just becomes part of your, your relationship. Um, so any moment that you're, you're spending time in the word and you're listening, like listening, knowing what God's voice sounds like, you're going to be more attuned to it if it does pop up in your heart or in your ears or, or however it does come to you. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, like you said, Matt, like it's, he doesn't promise to speak to us audibly, but it can happen. Mm-hmm. But he does promise to use his word. Yes. And he does promise to uh, hear our prayer and to respond to that prayer. Um, I, I appreciate it. We had, so um, we're recording this when we had confirmation this this past Sunday. And uh, the week before that, our kids, we in, in the Lutheran t- tradition, there's a, a kind of a, a longstanding tradition of what's like a faith questioning kind of a thing. And the kids get to talk about their faith. And this was one of the questions that I happened to be in the room for was, you know, how does God answer our prayer? And I was so glad to hear that the kids answer this question boldly with, you know, God can answer yes, he can answer no, and he can answer, I've got something better. 
and and you know those are the ways that God promises to to answer our prayers. So often we think of I'm I'm asking God for this, and and the answer is for that to be granted. And so that's what it, when when we say God answering my prayer is He said yes. That's what we want. And as we reflect on God's word, as we chew on that and listen to Him in prayer, that's not always going to be the answer. Yeah, I also think God can also speak to us through other people. Through, oh, absolutely. Through wise counsel, through advice, through people who really just can discern the word of God and know you well. Like there have been times where I've prayed for something and then a friend of mine, like the next day brought up that same thing. Totally. Like I hadn't said a word to them about it and then talked to me and I was like, Whoa, like funny. I was just praying about that yesterday. Mm. I don't think it's a coincidence all the time. Sometimes maybe, (laughs) but not always. Right. Yeah. That's those, those good, uh, solid Christian friends who can speak, you know, God's word into our life. Like, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think one of the the really important things, and it br- brings us back to, you know, the word of God and, and scripture and why it's important to to read it is because we, familiar, or we familiarize ourselves with God's voice so that when we do hear a voice in our minds and we think, is that God's or is that another voice? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't sound like God, if it doesn't sound like the God of the Bible, it's probably not his voice. And that discernment it becomes really important. And in order to accurately do that and want to do that faithfully, mm-hmm. it takes you know the commitment to spend time with him and with his word. Absolutely. Any uh, any closing thoughts you want to lead leave folks with here as we wrap up listening in prayer? Any any encouragement or uh, final advice? I would say if you're listening to this, take ten minutes this week. Very short period of time, at, at least that, if if not more, um, just to seek the voice of God in silence and in solitude. Um, open your prayer life not to just be a conversation or a one-way conversation where you speak to God, you give him your divine wish list and then wait for him to answer yes or no, or I got something better. But listen in that moment, like say, God, I spoke to you. I'm ready for you to speak back. So speak. Your servant is listening and open yourself to whatever might come. It might be nothing. It might be a little thought in your mind that pops up. Um, it, who knows how it could be, but I would just challenge you this week. Um, in your prayer life, in your time, 10 minutes is not very much. You can spare 10 minutes. Open yourself to what God might be saying to you in the silence and in prayer and in time with him. Well, thanks, Aiden. Always a pleasure to to talk spiritual practices with you. And this is a good one for people to listen to. Well, welcome back to another segment of In the Word uh, without commentaries and looking at the Sermon on the Mount here with Pastor Rob and Adam. And uh, we've been we've been trucking along through Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount here. And we come today to Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5, where we're getting into prayer, uh, where Jesus teaches uh, about prayer first and then uh, the Lord's Prayer specifically. So this can be a, this can be a good one to talk about here. Uh, so why don't, we, why don't we dive right in, Adam? You want to read uh, through verse 8 for us here? We'll talk a little bit about prayer. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may see, be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So some uh, first, just you know, Jesus teaching about prayer in general uh, before he gets into the, the actual teaching of the Lord's Prayer. Um, so, you know, don't pray like the hypocrites. Um, don't always think of hypocrites associated with prayer. Um, think of it, I, I don't know, I, I tend to think of hypocrites more in their, their action or their behavior than, than their prayer life. Um, but, you know, don't make a, it sort of goes along with, as we talked about in the last time we, we were looking at the uh, Sermon on the Mount here about like the humility aspect of it. Um, you know, practicing your your righteousness before b- yeah. before God, He's the one who who um, we care His reaction. We shouldn't care about what the the world thinks about us. So it sounds like Jesus is maybe talking about some people who like to uh, stand on the street corner and pray. A little different than maybe today the and that would be the Pharisaical um, understanding that. They are serving, and they would have been revered. They would have been respected people that they're, you know, blessing their community by praying publicly. So like the uh, like the street preachers we might see today downtown, they had street prayers back mm, then? Maybe. Or any, yeah, public prayer. Again, the, the inner motivation is what Jesus is talking about. What, what's driving that prayer? Um, to be seen by others? Okay. Yeah, if that's all you want to do, you did that. You got seen. You didn't ask for anything, but you got seen. <laughs> right. Yeah, so he's he's not saying here that we shouldn't ever pray in public. You know, if we're walking down the street and we run into somebody who asks us for prayer, like we don't need to go go hide or something now so that we can pray for them. Like we, we, can, we can take a moment. We can pray for them right there on the spot. Um I often I don't I don't do a great job at this, but I, I try to. If you know somebody asks me to pray for something, I try to do it then. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because I I don't want to forget about it later, and I don't want to say, "Oh, I'll pray for that," and then never do. Um, so you know, like to even over the phone with somebody to 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 pray with them in the moment. And uh, I've 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 had that happen before, where you know somebody comes up and you know like, "Well, let's just let's just pray about this now. We don't need to make a big scene about it. We'll just." Talk to God and and pray, but yeah, it's the what's the motivation behind that? Is it is it to be noticed? Just like in the in the previous section, uh, the last time we talked about this about uh, you know is is giving um, you know doing your acts of righteousness sort of stuff. Is it to be noticed and to get the oohs and the ahs from the crowd, or is it to actually you know pray for somebody? Is it to do what's what's actually needed here? And these were the the three biggies of uh, piety of New Testament: mm-hmm. alms, giving to the poor, praying, and fasting. Do the first two. I'm not sure about the last one. Right in in America, is it a little bit of hyperbole on Jesus' part here in like verse six about you know go to your room, shut the door, you know pray in the corner, um, you know in secret? Is is Jesus isn't isn't commanding us to necessarily seclude ourselves, right? I mean, we, we can pray more publicly. Well, and that would be 
uh, in that let your light so shine before others that they sure. may see your good works. Now, there's a public aspect to that, but is that your reason for doing that sure. to, to get acknowledgement? That makes me think a little bit of uh, you know, the story of Daniel and, and you know, praying in his room, like mm-hmm. in, in front of the window where everybody could see that he was praying to God, not to the king. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was his witness there that then got him thrown in the, the lion's den. I love the next part too about the don't heap up empty <laughs> phrases, uh, which you know there. I, I just saw a video oh uh, the other day on on TikTok about uh, somebody talking about different prayers and the um, one of one of the the kind of the prayers that he talked about was uh, trying to to say Jesus name a whole bunch of times or, okay. or or God's name a whole bunch of times in the prayer as if there's a tally, you know, that he's trying to keep or we're trying to get a score going. Um, you certainly hear people pray that way where, uh, you know, Lord God, we pray that you would, Lord God, that you would, would do this, Lord God. And, and it becomes a filler word, I think, for some people. <laughs> it's like the spiritual um. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly, exactly. There, there you go. And, and so I, I do love to, even for my own prayers, like when I'm leading prayer in worship to, to remind myself, like, you know, sometimes being concise in a prayer is okay. It's like, it doesn't have to be flowery and it doesn't have to be a long prayer for it mm-hmm. to be an effective prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when we, we pray as a family and uh, before dinner, um, as many families do, but uh, I used to do it uh, with all of my flower language. And then the kids are like, dad, just let us pray. And so now my three-year-old son um, prays. He prays the same prayer every night, uh, and it's straight from his heart. It's with all sincerity. He thanks God for Anna's house, the restaurant, <laughs> for for uh, uh, the baby in mom's belly and uh, a baby in um, uh, from down the street, and uh, and thank you for dinner. And sometimes he thanks uh, uh, thanks God for his brother, but not his sister. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes a brother, but it's so but earnest, you know, right. and it's just you know four sentences, yep. but they're straight from his heart. And, yep. uh, yeah, so and that's what we can learn from the childlike faith, and and certainly Jesus held that up as well too. But yes, to be conscious of that, of what I'm saying in my prayer, and am I just throwing things in there, you know, guilty? <laughs> oh, and I, I've been guilty of that too. Uh, I learned I learned some good new theological content and see if I can get it in a, in a public prayer just, oh, just right. to test it out. Let's see, right. how, see how that goes. <laughs> well, and I can remember, um, so at the, at the church that I grew up at for, for a while, we had three pastors. And so, you know, one, one would lead the liturgy at the first half of the service, one would preach and one would do the liturgy at the last half okay. of the service. And so the guy who followed the sermon as he was like setting up the offering and the prayers would usually like preach a whole other sermon in his prayer that like, I didn't get to preach today. So now I want to, <laughs> I want to get my two cents in. And it's like, yeah, that we don't, we don't need another, another, uh, sermon masquerading as a prayer. <laughs> they must've um, been paid. Paid per minute or something. Paid, paid by the word. And yeah. most people aren't going to do that. Most people listening probably wouldn't be that. But right. um, yeah, let your prayers be genuine. Uh, obviously, that's and do pray. So then Jesus gets into uh, when we pray, pray like this. So Adam, you want to pick up at uh, verse nine, and we're going to read it through the end of uh, this section here at verse fifteen. <clears throat> pray then like this: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also, as, 
and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. All right, so Jesus lays out for us what what becomes known as the Lord's Prayer, um, what the church has held on to for the centuries, uh, what what gets used in, in many churches uh, uh, on Sundays as they worship. And, um, you know, kind of struck in here by um, some of the, the different language, a little bit of the, you know, the, the prayer from the text versus, you know, the prayer, how maybe we've, we've learned it over the years. Um, I know for me growing up, I do remember in, in the hymnal that we had growing up, it had both versions oh, yeah. of the prayer. It had, had give, forgive us our debts and it had forgive us our trespasses. And we always use trespasses. I've never, I've never used debts. Um, I, ha- I grew up praying debts. You grew up praying yep. debts. Yep. And um, I've also seen some some other uh, versions of it in you know other hymnals and things like that that have uh, just forgive us our sins as we forgive others who sin against us. Um, and I've always kind of wondered you know what's what's really the best word there for us to pray you know, debts or sins or trespasses. They each kind of get at a different idea um, of the the whole picture. Well, the sins is Luke eleven. I was just referencing that as you were speaking. Oh yeah, to, so so in, in, it's only the two places that it's recorded in the Bible. So, yeah, that how do churches manage this Lord's Prayer? Right, and well, and everybody then tacks on something at the end because uh, you know, it just ends mm-hmm. with the the way Jesus ended it doesn't seem very you know final. Just deliver us from evil. So then we've got to add you know for thine is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. I think some only some churches only just say for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Period. We we have to Lutherans we have to tack on that at forever and ever. You know it's that I don't know. It, it sings a little better that way. It, uh, <laughs> it's a little more lyrical. And there've been lots of different ways to approach the Lord's Prayer. Um, you know, certainly it is a, a good prayer to pray in these words. I've seen lots of other people kind of take it apart in, you know, it's addressing God, it's praying for God's will, it's praying for what we need, it's praying for our relationships, you know, like it's a, a format that we can kind of plug our own words into if we want to do that, um, much in the same way that there's like the, the acts, prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, um, kind of thing. It's a another framework that we can use. And I know a lot of lot of ink has been spilled on on what each of these phrases or each of these petitions means. Uh, certainly like in the catechism, uh, Luther devoted some time to each of these. Uh, this this was this was one of those core pieces uh, as as Luther was compiling his catechism that he said, you know, this is this is something that everybody needs to know. You know, in addition to the, the Ten Commandments, the Creed, the uh, sacraments, and I think that's all valuable. But I think the the reason here in Matthew six is keep it simple, keep it simple. And I mean, what the only petition Jesus elaborates on is the forgive, yeah. and he lays it on pretty thick there. I've I've often thought about like when we pray this on Sunday mornings, do people 
understand those words about, you know, forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins as we've also forgiven our debtors. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I know at different times I've, I've thought about it just for myself in terms of like, forgive, forgive the people that I need to for, or forgive, forgive me as I am right now, forgiving those people, which is not really what it says here. I've kind of caught myself, you know, kind of falling into that, like, no, I'm, I'm really not. I'm, I'm saying forgive them in the same way that, or forgive me in the same way that I have forgiven them. And so if I'm withholding forgiveness, if I haven't forgiven others, like that, I'm saying to withhold that from me too. And that's, those are some serious words there. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, always good to talk about prayer and um, always good to look at Jesus' words about prayer. So thanks for, thanks for digging into God's word this morning here with us as we uh, continue through the Sermon on the Mount. Thanks for listening to Everyday Disciples. Everyday Disciples is part of the online ministry of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids. We're striving to be followers of Jesus wherever we are, and we hope you'll join us on that journey. If you found this podcast helpful in your spiritual journey, we'd be honored if you would rate us and review us wherever you listen. It helps people find us and get the good news about Jesus out there to the world. If you've got questions or suggestions for things that you'd like to hear about on Everyday Disciples, let us know with an email to media at stmatthewgr.com.